Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. And you have something to record your uh, your audio with, Def? Yep. I got awesome. Cool. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 3, Making Friends and Influencing People. Hi. All right, Daff. So, um, as I said, you are my niece. You are my sister's child. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what is your relationship to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, so I started watching it when we got sick, actually, because we were all just like we didn't want to do anything and my parents decided to introduce us to Agents of Shield and when I first started watching it I fell in love with it and I have been absolutely obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. Like aunt, like niece. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny that you managed to get obsessed with a show that I am also obsessed with but like completely unrelated to the other. Yeah. I don't think you realized that it was also my favorite TV show. Yeah. I mean, I heard you guys you talked about it before and I was like like what's Agents of Shield? And then when I started watching it, it was it just clicked and it was amazing. I absolutely love it. That's great. I had the same reaction. And why did you choose this episode in particular? Well, one of my favorite characters is Simmons and it just like I just really like that we find out where she is. Like what happened to her in that episode. And yeah. it just, I just really liked it. So, yeah. All right. It's a pretty good episode. <laughs> it is a really good episode. I was very excited to cover this one, even before I knew that you were guesting. <laughs> so, Caroline, let's switch it up. I'm going to ask you first. How was your week? Um, my week was kind of weird. So, my grandma's house was sold. She passed away a couple years ago. And uh, my mom and her siblings were, like, going through all of her things. And they opened it up to me and my cousins afterwards to pick out, like, things that we wanted to keep. And so it's just weird because it felt like we were, like, auctioning off her life, you know? Yeah. And, like, it was done pretty fairly, It w- like, especially for the amount of people involved. Because, as you know, I my mom is one of nine siblings and I'm one of 30 grandchildren. So it was um, it was done pretty pretty fairly, but it was still weird. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? Um, my week was also kind of weird. Erin has COVID. We managed to avoid oh. it for, like, this whole time. We managed to not <laughs> catch it. But Aaron went away on a business trip, and he came back, and he tested positive. And I've oh. been, like, feeling gross, but I haven't tested positive. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's up with that. If I have it and I'm just not, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on. Um, but I'm going to test again today after this and see. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had to reschedule this from last weekend. But here we are now. We We're are. doing it. Living the life. <laughs> <laughs> Living the life. All right. Well, let's get into it. So... Vida loca. <laughs> So this episode was written by Monica Owusu-Breen, and it was directed by Bobby Roth. And the title of this episode is an adaptation of Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was originally published in 1936, and it's one of the best-selling books of all time. Wow. Everybody always wants to know how to make friends. Yeah, I definitely remember my mom like having a copy of that book. I feel like I want to do more research into it, but maybe I should get that book. (laughs) Every adult in the year 2022 is like, how do I make friends? (laughs) Well, who do we meet in this episode, Caroline? So we meet uh, Mr. Turgeon, which is, you know, I kind of fish, I think. (laughs) We see, okay, so we already saw British Hydra guy, but we did finally learn his name halfway through this episode, um, or I learned it. It's uh, Bakshi. Bakshi, but I decided to keep calling him British Hydra guy, uh, or BHG, because as I said last week, he does not deserve a name. <laughs> That's it. Here we go. Let's jump right in. All right. Getting into it. So, Dr. Whitehall is on some monologue bragging about how how much his alcohol costs two thousand dollars a bottle can you imagine i that's a waste. I anyway i wouldn't pay twenty dollars for a bottle right twelve dollars is expensive yeah you get a twelve dollar box of wine you're golden Hell, heck yeah <laughs> Anyway, so he uses this as a metaphor to convince a new captive, I mean recruit, to join him. They are working very hard to brainwash this woman. And it seems like if you had a cause worth joining, you wouldn't need to work that hard to recruit people. I'm just saying. I mean. (laughs) But she is vehemently resisting their efforts. Good for her. Whitehall says two things that I'm not sure what they mean, but they seemed important. Firstly, that they're using the Faustus method to brainwash her. And secondly, he says, it takes time and I've got time. So clearly he's immortal somehow. I don't know how that works, but somehow. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, to, to find out. I saw that face, Daphne. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. Daphne's got a loud face. Yeah, thank you. If you can feel free to be cryptic if you want, you can jump in at any time and be like, hmm, I wonder how he's immortal. Hmm. For for those listening and not watching the Anchor exclusive Zoom, my eyebrows are waggling aggressively. (laughs) (laughs) So Hydra's ability to brainwash people, which is referred to in this episode as the Faustus method, was first introduced to the MCU in the film Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm. And it foreshadowed the uh, character's appearance, Dr. Faustus, in the first season of Agent Carter. Interesting. So it's, it's like, from this point on, it's not even just references to the MCU. It's foreshadowing for a different show. <laughs> the Easter eggs are so much. There's so many... <laughs> 
<laughs> beyond Taylor Swift level Easter Oh, eggs. yeah. Anyway. So then, gasp, Simmons, gasp, God help the girl, it's our song! It's our song! <laughs> yes! Daphne, do you remember when me and Mariah were in a band? Uh, kind of? <laughs> a little bit? That was like, at least seven years ago for this. So, seven mm. years ago, Daphne, you're 14 now, so you were seven. Maybe. <laughs> so it's understandable that you don't remember, so... This episode opens with the song God Help the Girl by the band of the same name. And this song actually plays a big role in mine and Caroline's story. Back in 2014 when this episode aired, I really liked this song and I googled the lyrics to like add it to playlists or whatever on Spotify. And in doing that, I found that it was from a concept album that had been turned into a movie pretty recently at that point. So I bought the movie on iTunes, and it was basically just about a group of three friends who started a band together. And for whatever reason, it just really resonated with me. And obviously, Caroline was my best friend at that time. I think you were still living in Thibodeau. You were going to college yeah. at Nichols. Yeah, that was my last semester in Thibodeau, yeah. I invited you over, and we watched it, and afterwards we decided to do a cover of the song, God Help the Girl, and that was the very first cover we ever did together, and after we did that, we were like, should we start a band? And then we did. (laughs) And then some months later, Caroline met Aaron and asked him to join the band too, and then introduced the two of us, and the rest is history, and all because of this one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) Thank you, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's crazy how full circle things come. Yeah. (laughs) And I did, I found our cover, so we can post a link to that when we post this episode. I'll drop a little audio thing right here in the recording. I hear the midnight birds, the message in their words. The dawn will touch me in a world. Boy can never touch their promise, never meant so much to me. Anyway, so back to Simmons. I was obsessed with her short hair. It's so cute. It's adorable. So Simmons goes through a very, like, normal-looking morning routine and then heads to her new job. Now, okay, normal as in, like, normal person? Normal? Not, like, normal for me. (laughs) That was a lot for a morning. (laughs) That was a lot. I was like, oh, 5.30. She has to be there for 6, right? Oh, no? Oh. Oh, Okay. Oh, oh, she's still, she's still at home. Okay. What time does she go to work? Working out now. Making a full breakfast. Oh my gosh. I wish I had that morning routine. (laughs) My morning routine today was 
uh, I hit snooze on four different alarms, and then I woke up 15 minutes before we had to do this so that I had time to set everything up, and then I sat right here. That was my morning routine. <laughs> my morning routine this morning was um, I, I only had to turn off one alarm, actually. I stayed awake. I, I set four oh. alarms, but I only turned off one. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I came downstairs, and I made coffee, and I had my breakfast, and then I got dressed, and here I am. I discovered that if I mix my foundation with my sunscreen and just rub it all over my face, I look put together even when I'm not. Perfect. <laughs> okay, anyways, Simmons. Anyway, sorry. Um, so she does her neurotypical, normal morning routine and then has to her new job. And everyone loves her there too, obviously. And security guy Theo is absolutely right. Simmons' smile is a breath of sunshine in an otherwise dreary morning. Even if he mixes his metaphors. I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what metaphors is he mixing? I don't understand. Um, sunshine in an otherwise dreary morning and a breath of fresh air, I think. Oh, you're so smart. (laughs) I just know common metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so she is very enthusiastic about her new project, but her boss is not very engaging. And, uh, what was that? (laughs) Is that the Hydra logo? No flippin' way. She, she's gotta be undercover or something. (laughs) Spoiler for past me, she is. (laughs) (laughs) So then Skye is at the gun range with May. Sky is an excellent shot because she was imagining Ward on the target. May says she needs to just imagine that they are targets and still be as good. So May is trying to teach Sky how to maintain control of her mind, body, and emotions when under pressure, no matter the situation. But Sky is making progress, though. My thought during this was just, aww, praise from May. I know. She said something like, not too shabby or or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in May speak, I feel like that's, you're doing so good and I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Oh my God. You're doing amazing, sweetie. I feel like that's the equivalent. <laughs> Daphne, how do you feel about May? Because she's my favorite. Um, May is a really great character. She, um, awesome fighter. I absolutely love her. And her character... It just goes to show you how um, girls sometimes can be better than boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can. <laughs> Absolutely. May's the best. She's Point amazing. blank period. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Hunter and Mac come through, and I can see a little bit why Hunter annoys you, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> But May cracks me up yet again because he, he's, he apologized for shooting them. And she said, don't apologize. Just wait. <laughs> Incredible. It's so good. <laughs> but so Mac and Hunter had a bet on whether or not Sky went to the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. And Hunter lost. Which actually is, is a compliment because she was so good at her job that he was absolutely sure that she'd had official training. So, never mind. I like Hunter again. 
Um, he says he wants to get to know her better since they'll be working together for the foreseeable future. And he asks in a very vague way if Sky has ever killed anyone on the job. And if so, how she handled it, which is actually a very good question. Okay, so first of all, it was a very, very vague way because I yeah. would not have taken that from what he said. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's just me being autistic. Yeah, I probably would have needed more clarification. <laughs> Can you just ask the question that you want to ask, please? Because right. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but also, do we think that Hunter was flirting with Sky? Yes. It kind of seemed that way, but I can't get a read on it. Yeah, I absolutely wrote that down later. What do you think, Def? Yeah, I kind of can see it. I definitely can see it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think he he would be doing that like yeah <laughs> so sky says that as far as she knows she's never taken anyone out and then may cuts them off and reminds hunter that he has some work to do since he lost that bet <laughs> so once hunter leaves may gives sky some more homework to practice and reminds her experience doesn't make it any easier to cross someone off mama may <laughs> So May catches up to Coulson, who is alone after a recruiting mission, so obviously it went badly. The agent that they were hoping for has already joined Hydra, so Coulson is realizing that this fight is becoming more of a, quote, talent grab than a land grab. But <laughs> we cut to Simmons at her new Hydra job. <laughs> I really liked that transition. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there's still no fart-knocking way that she's part of Hydra. <laughs> because of that transition, my note was just, Caroline must be freaking out thinking Simmons is working for Hydra. <laughs> I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> also, I don't know if you guys have noticed, uh, but this is our first non-explicit episode. Yeah. As we've stated, Daphne is only 14 and she has delicate ears. Yeah. So we are refraining for her saying. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Simmons' new boss, Mr. Turgeon, is pushing her to work faster than humanly possible. And as she tries to give him something that he can tell, quote, upper management, she accidentally gets a glimpse at the file that he's making notes on. And it's Clay Jensen! <laughs> I literally could not remember what his character's name was. I was like, Freddy, Ronnie, the ice boy. I don't know. <laughs> what was it again? Donnie uh, Gale. Yeah, I just wrote down 13 reasons why guy. So <laughs> you, you're doing better than me, Caroline. At least you remember his character's name on 13 reasons why. I'm just like, it's 13 reasons why guy. It's, it's the 13th reason. It's the 13th reason. <laughs> um... Daphne, just so that you know, I refer to him only as Clay Jensen. Fine. So, so you know. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, so Simmons starts to ask him about about Clay, but Turgeon cuts her off, saying, it's just a new acquisition. And that's a gross way to refer to him. Uh, or is Hydra just going after everyone that S.H.I.E.L.D. saved or something? So the designation yeah. that Hydra gave their research into Donnie Gill's abilities Project Blizzard is a reference to the character's name from the comics, Blizzard. Oh. In the comics, Donnie Gill is a supervillain named Blizzard. That's interesting because they did the same thing with Deathlock. Yeah. It was Project Deathlock. 
It makes everything sound so much more official and scientific. Yeah. To call them a project. (laughs) So then we see Clay Jensen in the flesh in Morocco, apparently. He seems to be laying low in a some kind of hotel or a restaurant or a businessy place. He fixes a broken radio and impresses the owner. Um, and then he offers to fix more things with his engineering degree in exchange for room and board. The owner comments that Clay wouldn't be the first person to hide out here. And Clay is super pissed and terrified that the guy has been talking to someone about him. I just thought it was funny because it's like, why would he think that you're hiding? Maybe because you just froze a cup of water on the table <laughs> for no reason. Literally. Just like being super powered out in the open. What was the purpose <laughs> of that? He handed you a cup of water and you were just like, boop, frozen. <laughs> like, why? Why'd you do that? He just wanted to chill it down so that it was, it was ice water. <laughs> He was like, ugh, I can't stand a room temperature water. Just like, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like I would be a little insulted if, you know, if I had someone over and I handed them a cup of water and they were just like, I'm gonna make this unusable for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> right, you freeze it and then you just have to like, <sighs> like breathe on it until it melts. <laughs> like, sorry, I wanted a popsicle. <laughs> It's, it's just, it's so funny because he, like, fully, like, he uses his superpowers just casually, just for no reason. Yeah. And then the guy's like, you know, we, we've hidden many people who are hiding. <laughs> and then Clay's like, why would you think I'm hiding? <laughs> How dare you assume? <laughs> Obviously you're not, because you're just using your powers all willy-nilly. Right. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Clay freezes him, obviously, <laughs> um, and is immediately faced with two agents. Now, I wasn't sure at that point if they were S.H.I.E.L.D. or HYDRA, but either way, he did not like them. One of them tries to talk Clay into going with them, but Clay just freezes that guy, too, and then the other one runs away. Can I just say, it was so funny, um, I don't know if it's just that like, a lot of things that are on Disney Plus and Netflix and stuff are widescreen when it, like, it used to be, like, a smaller setting or a smaller display yeah. on, like, the TV when it aired. So I don't know if it was a case of that or if it that's just how it was shot. But it was so funny because you see, like, the first agent being, like, slowly frozen and he's like, oh, oh. And then, like, the guy behind him is just standing there, like. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to translate onto audio, but he's just standing in the background, staring blankly. And then, like, Clay looks up at him. He was frozen in fear. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so funny to me. I'm like, why is he just standing right. there? You'd run. <laughs> he had to wait for for Clay to like, like body check him or whatever. <laughs> he had to, he had to wait for his cue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Continue. Anyway, so <laughs> Clay steals the frozen agent's phone and sees that they were ordered to bring him to Maribel Del Mar. So he pushes the frozen owner so that he shatters on the floor, rude, um, and Clay runs away. 
Do, and I, okay, wait. Are they, like, do they die from being frozen? Or, like, would they eventually thaw? That's a good question. I don't know. What do you think, Daph? Um, I'm pretty sure that they probably died um, when he when they froze. Because, like, I just think that they died. Yeah. yeah. I think when your heart stops beating for whatever reason, you're yeah. probably dead. You're it was right. just so graphic. Yeah. Like, when me and Daphne were watching it together, <laughs> I nudged her and I went... Ugh, human meat sickle. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> it was really graphic, though. Like, I there was more detail to those, like, pieces than I thought that there would be. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a lot. That's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showing off their later airtime at that point. <laughs> Remember how uh, Tina said that, like, it would go back and forth between having, like, a family show airtime and, like, an adult show airtime. Oh, yeah. So you'll you'll see it kind of go back and forth <laughs> on many seasons where it's like, this is more family friendly and now it's adult time. <laughs> the kids are asleep. <laughs> the kids are asleep. It's human meat supply time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. So Simmons arrives home and finds Coulson in her kitchen. He chides her for only having sriracha and beer in her fridge. And honestly, that is so relatable. It really is. The only reason that my fridge has anything in it is because David goes to the grocery store. Because I hate going to the grocery store. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason that our fridge has anything in it. Um, Our freezer is packed. Yeah. uh, Because I am a frozen food girly. (laughs) I am a wrap three frozen taquitos in a paper towel and pop it in the microwave for a minute kind of girl. Absolutely. Like, if I lived alone, the only thing I would have in my fridge would be, like, soy milk, probably, (laughs) for my coffee. (laughs) So, I was right. Simmons is undercover for S.H.I.E.L.D. Coulson has been meeting with her secretly for different drops and missions or whatever. And he's been feeding her. He brought her groceries and has her debrief while he cooks her dinner. Daddy Colson cooking for Simmons. It's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> Simmons explains her theory about Donnie slash Clay being superpowered now. She is very frustrated that Hydra has been keeping her in the lab and out of any juicy conversations. Colson asks if she has made any friends, and Simmons says, oh, well, you know, I'm a little lonely sometimes, but I'm mostly okay, before she realizes that he meant, quote, friends that she can glean information off of within her undercover mission. <laughs> That's also relatable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, don't worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> I would have the same reaction if I, yeah. if I were in Simmons' shoes, I'd be like, you know, I... Making friends as an adult is really hard, and I don't really have a whole lot in common with these other hydro workers. Right. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say that work is fun, but I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) So she says that she's uncomfortable with making friends like that because she doesn't want to be like Ward. 
But Coulson reminds her that she's very likable, so she doesn't need to lie very elaborately. And he's right. All she really has to do is, like, be the mysterious manic pixie dream girl and get other people talking about themselves without, while revealing very little about yourself. I just think it is so funny that they have their worst liar undercover. Absolutely. Like, who made that decision? <laughs> I do really want to know who made that decision. <laughs> Anyway, so then Simmons changes the subject and asks how everyone on their team is doing. And Coulson responds, Fitz is okay. (laughs) And I'm crying (laughs) because he knew that that's who she meant. (laughs) So then Coulson is debriefing the debrief with the rest of the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. And (laughs) yep, nobody knows that Simmons was undercover. (laughs) Coulson just refers to her as a trustworthy source. Which, yeah, I guess so. I guess she is a very trustworthy source. (laughs) So Coulson needs more information on Clay Jensen. So then all eyes turn to Fitz, who was the last person to see him before Clay went to the sandbox. Fitz tries to say that the Clay Jensen he knew was a very different person to who he might be now. And Mac was trying to, like, give Fitz options on adjectives to use. And I just, I love him and I love their friendship (laughs) so much. It's so, so sweet. Like, sometimes you really do need that translator. Yeah. Or someone that's, like, friendly, aggressive, unfriendly, happy. Right. <laughs> Give me some options to work with. <laughs> um, but all Fitz can come up with is that Clay had trouble making friends. And when asked if there was anything else, he just says, I don't know, ask Gemma if you have a contact number for her. The shade! <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, as they start giving out assignments, Fitz asks where Sky is. And guess where the fork Sky is? <laughs> Having to talk to the human shirt stain yet again. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> you you went you went really hard on the on the replacements in this paragraph. I did. I really did. <laughs> And wait, does Fitz not know that... (laughs) You remember when we were talking about Merkins last episode? (laughs) Does Fitz not know that Merkin Ward is there in the bunker with them? That is so messed up. The man who literally tried to murder him and caused all of the problems that he's currently dealing with has been a floor below him for how long? I mean, I understand not wanting to like chance him messing up the plan i guess but wow i hate that i think that fitz probably had the right to know that ward was down there but also at the same time it was best that he was kept in the dark yeah Yeah. it's a difficult thing i was pretty torn on it but still i was mad for him yeah i think with his with his state of mind, I can see where someone might think it would be best for him to be kept in the dark, but I think eventually he should have been clued into it. And I think yeah. that it shows sort of a lack of trust in him that yeah. I think that he wouldn't have had the reaction that he ended up having if he hadn't been taken by surprise. Right. Because he felt so, like... Blindsided. Infantilized. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, down with Sky, Ward is very vaguely explaining how someone might join Hydra. He says that they are really good at convincing people. 
And as always, Sky gets in a few good jabs, uh, which I love every single time. But Ward does make a crucial point that he was never loyal to Hydra. He was only loyal to Garrett, which I guess is the start of his stupid redemption arc. <laughs> he was like, no, I wasn't a Nazi. I just think I owe my life and was blindly loyal to a Nazi. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> So Ward explains that once Hydra learned about a gifted person, they would send a team out to find them and they would either convince that gifted to join them or figure out a way to take them down, no matter who it is, because any gifted that refuses Hydra is a threat. I also, I, I, I took notice of how dehumanizing it is to like just refer to them as a gifted or the gifted or yeah. a gifted that refuses Hydra is a threat. And like I understand that that's the point. But but it's also like Shield started referring to Dottie that way. Yeah. I think that that is also like an interesting thing to take note of because even Coulson's new Shield is sort of starting to fall into the old shield ways where it's like shield and hydra really are two sides of the same coin it's just that shield is slightly better yeah slightly less dehumanizing very slightly um and so sky says that's the difference between shield and hydra and ward says yes and that's why hydra will win while shield is deciding what's right and wrong hydra has already taken the shot which sounds a little fanboyish for someone who was not loyal to Hydra there, Ward. Honestly, though, it's so depressing and true to life. Yes, it I is. I mean, we see examples of that in real life all the time. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, while the good guys are like, should we do this? Should we make this choice? We're the good guys. We have to really think about it. The bad guys are like, I already did the bad thing. Yep. While you were deciding whether or not you should stop me from doing the bad thing, I did the bad thing already. <laughs> so. Pick up the pieces, I guess. <laughs> Figure it out. You're welcome. <laughs> I made the decision for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that TikTok audio that's like, don't do it, girl. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it. I'm not going to do it. I did it. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so moving on. In the port of Casablanca, which I I didn't actually know that that was a real place. (laughs) I feel like maybe subconsciously I did, but I knew about, like, the 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 movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I thought maybe they made it up for the movie. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I also would like to note, I didn't note this goof because, I don't know, I, at the time I didn't deem it important. But later on, they refer to Casablanca as the Middle East. And it's very much not. Uh, it's in Morocco, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the Middle East. <laughs> I don't know. Not at all. Maybe. I I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Continue. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) He's in Casablanca. He's in the movie. And he shows up to a dock and freezes some of the water blocking the ship called Maravel del Mar. So the Maravel del Mar is actually the World War II victory ship, SS Lane Victory, 
located in the Los Angeles Harbor. Okay. So not only is it not the Middle East, this is actually Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked us. So over at the Hydra Lab, Simmons is psyching herself up to make some more friends. When Turgent hurries over to her to let her know that she is wanted for questioning by the bosses over a security matter. And her face drops as some armed guards come to escort her. Turgeon is pretty scared for her as well. So the guards lead her up to a conference room where the British Hydra guys start saying that they have found her out. They know that she knew Clay Jensen, the subject of the project she'd been working on. And she tries to say that she didn't realize who it was until just the day before. And I mean, really, she only found out by accident then, too. And like how the fish paste is she supposed to know who the subject of their testing is if no one actually tells her? No, really. Like, that's... I know that she can't get up in arms about it, really, because it's Hydra. Yeah. But I mean, like, you have me working on a secret project. You have me doing blind testing. Right. Blind <laughs> testing. And you're mad that I didn't tell you that I knew the subject that I'm doing blind <laughs> testing on? Blind? Can I pull out a dictionary for you? Keyword Blind? <laughs> I know, I was so I was so frustrated for her. So then the British Hydra guy asks why she's nervous and like, duh <laughs> Listen, even if I didn't work for a violent organization who had me escorted by armed guards when I was in trouble, I would still also be nervous if my boss pulled me from my work to accuse me of lying about something I had no idea about. And actually that did happen once, and I can tell you I was pretty dang flab and nervous. <laughs> I remember that. I think you called me after. Probably. Ugh, anyway, so so the British Hydra guy, I literally, I did not know this man's name. (laughs) Um, He wants to know more about what made Simmons join S.H.I.E.L.D. before and what changed. And she was ready for this one. She had her answer prepared. She said, I was a 17-year-old girl with two PhDs and a million questions. S.H.I.E.L.D. had the resources to help me answer them. Now they don't, and Hydra does. My loyalties are with science, so as long as Hydra allows me to do the work that I want to be doing, then yes, my loyalties are with Hydra, and ooh, that is some sneaky, sneaky wording there, Miss Simmons. And from the girl who could not lie last season, this is superb lying. (laughs) Because the work that she wants to be doing is taking Hydra down. And working within Hydra is literally allowing her to do that right now. Whoa! <laughs> it's all, all the strings are connecting. <laughs> what, what, what do you have to say about that, Daph? Do you have anything to add? Um, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, I just think that these are all amazing points. And that it's just mind-blowing that Simmons can lie much better than she could before. Yeah. Yeah. She's been practicing. <laughs> Remember what I said, Caroline, uh, last season about how we had very different interpretations of that scene where Simmons yes. says that she's getting better at it? Yeah. This sort of thing was um, for Daphne um, last season when Tripp told Simmons that she's a terrible liar and she said, yes, but I'm getting better at it. Caroline interpreted that as her being ashamed of being able to lie better and I knowing what I know took it as 
her being sort of proud of herself because I know the character that she becomes and, you know, what a great spy she's going to end up being. <laughs> and this was one of the things that I had in mind when I was thinking of that. That does, I forgot about that. That does make sense now. Um, so the British Hydra guy reminds her that loyalties can be tested and then he leaves her. And I love that he knows he lost this round, so he just has to be, like, rude and threatening one last time because he has nothing else to say in response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, a fun fact about um, British Hydra guy is actually Simon Cassianides, who plays Bakshi, and Elizabeth Hinstridge, obviously, who plays Simmons. They're, like, really good friends in real life. I think that they met on the show. But, like, Simon Cassianides is, like, the sweetest man alive. Aww. I love actors who are nothing like their characters, especially, like, when they're playing, like, really evil characters. Um, But Simon is so sweet, and he and, I believe, Nick Blood, who plays Hunter, and uh, Elizabeth and her husband, Zach. What a name. Yeah, his name is Nick Blood. That's amazing. That's his real name. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but, like, they're all, like, really good friends in real life, and they, like, hang out and have drinks and dinner parties. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) Anyway, okay, moving on. So, Dr. Whitehall is still attempting to brainwash Agent Agent 33 unsuccessfully so far. Good for her. When British Hydra Guy interrupts and asks for permission to, quote, act with authority in regards to Simmons. And then I found out that his name was Bakshi, uh, and I'm still, I was like, should I still call him British Hydra Guy? I'm still going to call him British Hydra Guy. (laughs) I feel like Bakshi is one of those characters that's just, like, such a good character that, like, like, no spoilers, he never really stops being evil, but I love him because he's such a good character. (laughs) He is very, he's very mysterious, and, like, he just... Everything he does has, like, an undercurrent of, like, like sinister He's just energy. so smug. Yeah. He's smug and sinister. Uh, yeah, yeah, sinister is a good word for sure. But he's <laughs> another one of those characters that, um, sort of like Reyna in season one, Bakshi was only supposed to be in, like, a couple episodes in a couple scenes. But oh. the team at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fell in love with the way that Simon Cassianides played this character, they were like, well, we gotta bring him back. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool that that has happened with multiple characters for them. And it's always the evil ones, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those are the most compelling, I guess. (laughs) So Whitehall just tells them to do whatever needs to be done and to quit interrupting him. Um, So over at the bunker... S.H.I.E.L.D. has found out that Maribel Del Mar was supposed to cast off, but didn't because it's stuck in ice. In the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> and like, okay, even, even if they just said I Morocco. Need to, I need to Google Morocco this. Morocco is near the equator. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm Googling. Oh, are you looking it up? Is... It's located in Northwest Africa. North. I guess technically. Yeah. Yeah. Northwestern Africa. I think technically 
it is the Middle East, but like only very technically. It's more like the Mediterranean. Interesting. I guess I didn't that's not where I pictured it being. I think it I think it depends it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Whether or not it's the Middle East. Interesting. Anyway, uh but it has ice. <laughs> that doesn't happen there. So they start getting ready to leave immediately, but Hunter asks how they are prepared to encounter Hydra there. If S.H.I.E.L.D. found Clay, Hydra would definitely be able to. Sky says that, according to Ward, Hydra would be prepared to take Clay out. And I love that she referred to him as the asset, because that was the title of Season 1, Episode 3, and now they're mentioning it in Season 2, Episode 3. That was interesting. I wonder if that was intentional. I feel like it had to be. I feel like everything in this show is intentional. It's Taylor Swift levels of yeah, Easter eggs. Everything, everything has a purpose. Um, <laughs> so as the rest of the team heads out, Matt tries to cheer Fitz up since they'll have the night off together so they can play Koenig's Xbox. Aww. <laughs> but Fitz is still upset. So not only does he feel like he should be part of this mission since he's the one that knew Clay, but he can also tell that they're keeping things from him, especially Skye's, quote, asset. Mac tries to assure him that whatever they're keeping from him, he's sure it's for a good reason. And yeah, I guess, but it doesn't make it okay, does it? <laughs> it doesn't make it feel any better, certainly. Yeah. It's also like, I understand that S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of all Fitz has right now, and they like are his family, but it yeah. it leads me to this Another one of these things, and I know that, like, the found family is the point of this show, but it's like, to what extent does your employer have the right to, like, make these sort of decisions for you? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a very interesting ethical question. Like, I understand if it's, like, classified or whatever, but in... I don't know if it's this episode or a later episode, but Coulson says... Well, there are no levels. I did away with the levels. So why are we still keeping yeah. secrets? Right. Why are we still keeping big secrets and being like, it's for your own good? You know? Right. That was the same stuff that they told Colson. Exactly. That he was exactly. so mad about. <laughs> and so it's like, Hello? even though Colson is trying to make what he feels are these big changes, he's still falling into the same old patterns that Big Shield had, that yep. he had such a problem with. Yeah. It is, it's an interesting um, dive into, I guess, the nature of power and responsibility, you know? Yeah. Like, even though he was hurt by these same policies, he's still following them. So, like, what does that say about... And now he's the one enforcing about, them. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. It's very um, interesting. <laughs> anyway, so Simmons is escorted by those same armed guards down a long white hallway. She has no idea where they're going until they run into British Hydra guy and even more armed guards who are all gearing up. British Hydra guy says that they have found Clay Jensen and they will be using Simmons and her relationship with him to bring him in. But don't worry, he says, we'll take care of you. <laughs> Which just felt bad. Just 
just bad. <laughs> Even just the way he says it, he sounds so sarcastic. Yeah. On the Maribel Del Mar, Clay is speaking with the ship captain. The captain is begging for mercy, saying that Hydra will find Clay. Clay says that's exactly what he wants. He wants to tell Hydra once and for all to leave him the Fraggle Rocker alone. Fraggle Rocker alone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Fraggle Rock alone. <laughs> then he turns the captain to ice and shatters him as well. And I mean... You're really making yourself more attractive to Hydra at this point, Clay. (laughs) These people want me to kill for them. So I'm going to kill so that they don't want me anymore. I'm not going to kill for them. I'm going to, I'm just going to (laughs) kill. And they're, they're just like, excuse me, we'd like to speak to you about your car's extended warranty. (laughs) Um, so back at the bunker, Fitz is on his way to find out who the so-called assassin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, kind of. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Back at the bunker, Fitz is on his way to find out who the so-called asset is. An imaginary Simmons is trying to talk him out of it, but he makes her go away and he goes down to the vault anyway. Oh my god, this broke me. The, the way he looks yeah. this figment of his imagination in the eye and he says, you are not here. Mm. <laughs> ah. Very sad. <laughs> Daphne's doing a, a heart a heartbreaking thing. She's making, making a heart with her hands and then breaking it. <laughs> so, as soon as Fitz and Ward see each other, Fitz immediately starts having a panic attack. And Ward says... Despite everything, it's really good to see you. Dude! (laughs) What? Read the room! Right! Read the room, Ward! That's that's what you're gonna say to the man you tried to murder in cold blood? Uh, oh my god. (laughs) So Fitz is, like, struggling to even exist in that moment. I mean, gosh. Like, you can... Ian DeCastaker is such a good actor because you can see him, like, having an out-of-body experience in yes. that moment. He's like, so good. what the freaking frack is happening right now? <laughs> Literally. So then Hydra has arrived at Maribel Del Marm, and British Hydra guy is prepping Simmons to go in. When she asks what will happen if it doesn't go well, he just says, there will be an open position at the lab, I guess. Um, so much for Hydra takes care of their people or whatever he said earlier. Yeah, and all of that stuff that um that Garrett said last season. Yeah. About how, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. left me for dead and that's why I joined Hydra. Literally. Okay. <laughs> okay. We we love it when the logic okay. doesn't make sense. <laughs> the logic is really logic right really now. It really is. <laughs> Um, so Hydra has arrived at Maribel Del Mar, and did I just say that? Yep, I sure did. The S.H.I.E.L.D. bus is cloaked and arriving, and the team is ready to skydive down to the ship. Hunter is helping Sky get ready and trying to calm her nerves and mess with her at the same time, and like, okay, so is he the new love interest or what? (laughs) 
Because why would Sky need his help on this? I'm pretty sure she did not ask. <laughs> she very much did not. I feel like I feel like these first few episodes of season two, they're really just like shifting Sky around to the different guys yeah. and like seeing if one of them sticks. <laughs> they're like, let's just do some chemistry tests with everybody. <laughs> I feel like that's really what it is. <laughs> Daphne, do you have like a favorite ship for Sky? Um uh, we haven't met him yet, huh? I don't know how much I can say. Um, okay. So nobody currently? Currently, no. But there okay. is one in the foreseeable future that that is the absolute best ship ever. Oh, okay. Is it the one we meet in the second half of season two? Yes, it is. Gotcha. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Favorite. Okay, well, I will not ask any more questions about it, but I want to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on again, Def. Yes. <laughs> we can do that. We can have you back on when we meet that guy or the person. I would like okay. that, yes. Or the monster? What? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> oh, you'll have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. So, uh, Sky checks her heart rate while he's talking, and it's at 71 beats per minute. But after he leaves her alone and she has a chance to steal herself, she checks again just before she's about to jump, and it's 65. So clearly, her lessons with May are working. And I also think it's interesting because I feel like her heart rate being up while he was near maybe was supposed to be that, like, oh, she likes him, like, her heart is pounding, but also... It was like, he's annoying her. <laughs> yeah, I that's that's the way that I read it. Where <laughs> she, she like, if that were happening to me, even if I found the person attractive, if I'm like working and they're like annoying me, I I I'd be like physically agitated. Get away! <laughs> <laughs> I am about to skydive. Can you leave me alone, please? <laughs> Can you, like, give me a little bit of space? <laughs> anyway, so Coulson is very proud of his little ducklings. I thought that was really cute. A little cute little shot. So back with Fitz. Fitz is still trying to catch his breath. Ward says that he didn't want to hurt them. He, that he tried to save them, actually. That he couldn't actually do what Garrett wanted and shoot them outright. So he did something that would give them a fighting chance because you two always found a way. Can you hear my eyes rolling? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> what What's your opinion on Ward, Daphne? What do you think about Ward? Well, in the first season, I like... Like, he was a good character. Like, I wouldn't even thought that he was evil. Like, it never crossed my mind until it was revealed. Like, it just blew my mind. It was just this big plot twist, and I'm like, come on! It was a great character! But, (laughs) um, but with what he said to Fitz, like, come on, are you serious? But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's kind of reasonable. Like, they're smart, they can get out of this, but... What if they couldn't? You're pretty much murdering them, even if you didn't want to put a bullet in their head. Like, it's just... Yeah. 
It sounds like a very elaborate excuse. I think it's something that he would only say if they had survived. I don't right. think in any sense that he was expecting them to survive that, you know? Yeah. yeah Caroline didn't like him from the start, but yeah. <laughs> she didn't realize just how bad he was. At first it was just that he said Gramsci, and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, who calls their grandma Gramsci? Only I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny um, at first because, like, it just was. I just thought it was funny. Um, him yeah. saying, Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> well, me thinking he was a villain from the first episode, it started as a joke because of the Gramsci thing, but then I, I didn't like him the rest of the way, just as a person. I thought he was annoying. Yeah, she thought that he was just a. Like a goody two shoes, good old boy with a stick up his butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was rude. <laughs> he was a little. I mean, I can see that. Like he was a bit like a lone wolf at first. I don't even think yeah. he wanted to be on the team. Like. Yeah, that was what he made them think for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Fitz tries to say what Ward actually did, but the words just will not come out. So he he decides that he's going to show Ward what he did to Fitz. So Fitz presses a button and cuts off the oxygen in Ward's cell. So now it's Ward's turn to panic. Finally, he deserves a little bit of panic. As, honestly, Fitz did nothing wrong. Fitz did nothing wrong. No. Ward deserved it. Yeah. Yep. Because Fitz wasn't going to kill him. I don't... He wasn't going to. He was just like... You deserve to feel some of the the fear and panic that you have caused. And he's right. So Ward starts asking for Skye, but Fitz says that she's gone. Everybody's gone to find Clay Jensen. And Fitz should be with them, but he can't because of Ward's attempt at, quote, saving him. So then Ward pulls some baloney out of his dillweed and says, they don't know what they're walking into. You have to let me help because I have firsthand specialist knowledge. <laughs> you have to stop doing this mean thing that I did to you because I'm. you need to and I said so. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Okay. <laughs> so on the Maribel, Simmons finally finds Clay, who recognizes her immediately. He asks who she's working for, while British Hydra guy is in her ear, telling her to get close to him and gain his trust. And Simmons is clearly terrified. But she tries to avoid Clay's question by insinuating that he owes her for saving his life that one time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Outside, S.H.I.E.L.D. has arrived, and they see that Hydra is there, too. As they head onto the ship, there is some very special tension and flirting between Skye and Hunter. <laughs> She's like, you don't give the orders, train spotting. And he goes, I'm not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> so Fitz interrupts, his, uh, Fitz interrupts Max Xbox session. Why did I say that? You love writing tongue that. twisters into the script. Just to, I do. I really do. <laughs> Fitz interrupts Mac's Xbox sesh and says they need to get in touch with the bus immediately. 
So back on the ship, Simmons is trying to connect with Clay by talking about Fitz and how Clay is a lot like her in Fitz. But she makes a crucial mistake and says, We're scientists. Minds like ours need to be used. But Clay is tired of being used. He starts to get angry, so British Hydra Guy starts feeding Simmons lines. As she says them, Clay is reacting oddly, and he's confused why Simmons knows these words. So, I don't know if you noticed, Caroline, but those are the same words that Bakshi used on Creel in the park. I didn't notice until, like, the very end, when it says, are you, are you ready to comply, or whatever. But yeah, I did notice after, after a while. So Fitz helps Mac explain to Coulson that Clay did not escape the sandbox. He took control of the sandbox for Hydra. They brainwashed him and he later escaped. So they are trying to trigger his programming to subdue him. Fitz tells Coulson that he knows this because he spoke with Ward. And Coulson's like, oh, sweet niblets, I'm in trouble. (laughs) We'll talk about that when I get home, but good work, Fitz. And I know that this isn't the point, but I love that Coulson refers to their bunker as home. Like, he sees his team as family, and that is the place where he and his family live, and I just thought that was cute. It is sweet. Um, so Hunter finally gets eyes on Clay and sees him talking to, quote, a Hydra agent. And Coulson tells him to end that conversation. Simmons is almost done with the trigger words, but Hunter has his gun aimed at her back. May sees this, recognizes Simmons, and shoots Hunter. But this breaks the trance. So then Clay yells that Simmons is a liar like the rest of them, and the chase ensues. May tries to give Simmons a head start, but that doesn't stop Clay for very long. When Coulson asks what going... uh, What going on? What going on? (laughs) Coulson asks what's going on, and Hunter says that May shot him. Tripp says, man, I wanted to be the one. (laughs) <laughs> which was very funny <laughs> I love Tripp <laughs> um, May tells Coulson and Tripp that Simmons is there with Hydra Coulson tells her to maintain Simmons cover and Tripp guesses that this was Coulson's source oh. um, so Coulson tells Hunter and May that if they can't take Clay in they take him out and that is that's new for Coulson wow yeah some lots of growth and I don't know which way he's growing you know Um, So Simmons is running for her life and runs headfirst into British Hydra Guy and his soldiers, who are doing literally nothing. Like, why do they have a whole troop of soldiers if they're not doing anything? They're just like, we're going to let this one little girl just do this whole mission for us. We've got got AR-15s, we've got BFGs, but no, let's just have one unarmed... 25-year-old do all of our work. So BHG steps out and confronts Clay himself. He tells Clay the trigger phrases and Clay falls back under his control. As Hydra is heading out, BHG gets Clay to freeze the ship door shut and then freeze everyone on the ship so no one leaves alive. Clay is doing what he's told and May and Hunter are about to be done for. And Simmons is frozen too, but from trying to make a decision to blow her cover or not. But before Clay finishes, Skye shoots him from her sniper position. And Clay falls to the icy water below and freezes solid underneath. Poor Donnie. 
He was just a kid that got taken advantage of, and then... Yeah. I mean, he made some bad decisions, but he was a kid. Yeah. He was, he was trying to stop making bad decisions when he was taken by Hydra. And then they brainwashed him. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> anyway, so Simmons and Sky make eye contact and Sky shoots again, intentionally missing to give Simmons an opportunity to save BHG. But while Hydra is leaving empty-handed, Shield now has all of the Hydra cargo that was aboard that ship. And Mac and Tripp's relationship is my favorite. <laughs> He's like, "You're not going to sucker me into doing inventory." <laughs> <laughs> Um, May is about to head upstairs to check in with Skye when Hunter stops to ask if they're even now. And she says, we are. And then she smirks and looks over at Trip, who is also big cheesing. <laughs> I love how, like, I know it's been a series of months since the end of the last season, but I love how Trip has just, like, fallen in with the rest of the team. And he's just like, yeah, he's he's like a part of the OGs now. I love him. Um, so May finds Skye on her laptop in the control room of the bus. She's scouring the Moroccan law enforcement channels, but there's no mention of Clay's body yet. Skye understands why Simmons' mission had to be kept secret, but she's a little upset that May knew and she didn't. And she's extremely worried about Simmons being in the position of having to lie, because everyone knows that Simmons can't lie. But, as we learned in the train episode... Simmons excels at preparation and playing a part. May calms Skye's fears, though, and she says that Simmons is good, and so is Skye. So Coulson goes to check in with Fitz, and mom and dad checking on their babies. (laughs) I love them. Uh, And Fitz was rereading the article about Simmons saving Clay back at the academy. Broke my heart. Coulson starts off by telling Fitz that he is making progress and he's a valuable part of their team, but he saw the tape of Fitz's conversation with Ward and that Fitz almost killed Ward. Keyword, though, almost. Even if he had, honestly, you know. Deserved. I think he reserves that right. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone was going to, Fitz had the most right. Um, so Coulson admits that he can't even look at Ward and he can't stand to have that man under the same roof as them, but they need the insight that Ward can provide in order to understand their enemy. And while Coulson admits that maybe he should have told Fitz about it, duh, he didn't want to pile on to everything else that Fitz was already dealing with. But it's also like Ward isn't even giving that great of intel. Right. Even they are like bowing to what Ward wants he's only willing to talk to Skye, but even when he talks to Skye, he's not giving the full story. Right. Like, he didn't inform them about the brainwashing. He didn't tell them, like, the necessary... Like, what's the point of having this informant if he's going to be vague as fudge? Yeah, exactly. And then that Coulson would be like, I hate having him here, and I can't even stand to look at him. Well, you're not the one who does have to look at him. Then get rid of him. (laughs) I hate having him here. Then get rid of him. Right. You're the one who made that decision. (laughs) He's like, my hands are tied. I'm only the director. What do you want me to do? Um, 
So Fitz takes this in and then he asks if Coulson is keeping anything else from him. And Coulson's like, yeah, I'm the director. Are you joking? Like, of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah, you're the director. So why are you complaining about decisions that you made? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, but Coulson does tell Fitz that Simmons is on an assignment and that's why she left. Fitz asks if she if she asked or was asked to do this assignment. And Coulson avoids the question, obviously, and stresses that she's doing something very important. And like, great, but that's not what he asked. <laughs> <laughs> Who told her to do it? Does she want to do it or did you make her? God. We're, this is just the episode where we're ragging on Coulson. Yeah. I love him, but it's giving very much... We've tried nothing, and all our options have run out. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) We've tried nothing, and it didn't work. So what do you want us to do? What do you want to do? I already tried all of the things that that I wanted to do, and I didn't try anything that I didn't want to do. (laughs) So now there's nothing left. (laughs) I already tried doing nothing, and that didn't work out. So what do you want me to do? Something? Oh my gosh. Daphne, how do you feel about this? Um, it's just, I wish Coulson wouldn't have avoided the question. Because, like, did she ask or was she told to go? Like, that annoying to me. Yeah, that's a very important distinction. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that he probably should be just a little bit more open. Yeah. Like, less secrets. Like, sure, some... like, the big things he should probably keep to himself, like, things that people aren't really ready to hear, but I think that he should be, like, willing to tell them, like, some things, but, like, not others. Right. Like, when they, when they pertain to that particular person, he should probably tell them. Anyway, so back over at Hydra, BHG and Dr. Whitehall are discussing the emerging shield problem. They don't know that Coulson is in charge, but just then, Agent 33 interrupts them with some files for Dr. Whitehall. So I guess her brainwashing is done, which reminded me that I needed to do laundry, and I did not do it, I don't (laughs) think. Um, (laughs) Anyway, BHG is very subtly pissed off that Clay's programming faltered for a while, but he doesn't push the issue. Instead, he suggests that they bring Simmons up to their floor. He says he trusts her now, but if he's wrong, they can always make her comply. Ah! Yikes! <laughs> no! <sighs> so now it's time for the post-content content. <laughs> Sky descends into Ward's vault. And I wanted her to be like, heard you almost died. Too bad it didn't take. (laughs) But instead, she says, relieved it isn't Fitz, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) And Ward says, happy it's you, that you're okay. Blah. 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 So Sky asks him more about Hydra's brainwashing, specifically if Ward was brainwashed. And Ward says, I wish I could say that's what happened. And 
I mean, but like technically, a little bit, the point could be made, but we've already covered that in other episodes, so I digress. And I'm glad at least that he's taking responsibility. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, but Sky was just looking for even a scrap of a redeeming quality in him. But Ward disappoints her once again. <laughs> Sky believes him, but she doesn't understand why he's been so adamant about not ever lying to her, even if it would help him. And Ward says that he knows something that he's been wanting to tell her, and he wants to make sure that she'll believe him when, she, when he says it. So Ward reveals to her that her father is alive, and... If she'll ever let him, he'd like to take her to him. Sky visibly stiffens and then immediately leaves. She checks her pulse, and for the first time this episode, her heart rate is above, It's I think it's at 99, which is through the roof compared to her earlier readings of 65 and 70, and it just keeps going up. The BPM on Sky's watch throughout the episode is a really nice touch. It's like a nice bit of continuity yeah. that's showing, like, she has this under control, but this, like, totally blindsided her. Absolutely. I Yeah, I thought it was a really good, a good tool. I think that it's pretty crazy that, like, I really like that they put the, um, the heart rate for her. Like, it's a good, um, like, to know if she's under control or, like, just stressed or, you know? I just think it's really awesome with that. And then with Ward and the the revealing of her dad being alive. Like, if someone were to tell me that, I'd be like, uh, what? Okay. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. that's a lot to put on somebody. You'd be freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Caroline. What are your overall thoughts on this episode? So, I had I had two main thoughts. So first, I love that Fitz got a little revenge. And, like, he didn't actually cause Ward any damage, but he got Ward to feel the same fear that he and Simmons felt. And I just, I love that for him, because I know that must have been so satisfying. And then, I love Mac. <laughs> He's everybody's BFF, and he's a darn good friend, too. He is. What about you? He's, oh, he's such a great character. I love him. Well, yeah. what about Daph? Daph, what, what are your overall thoughts? Really, when I first watched it, with knowing where Simmons was, and she was working at Hydra, I was like, what the heck? And bringing back Donnie, like, he was a good character in, the first, in that episode. In the first episode, we saw him. He was a pretty good character. Mm-hmm. And bringing him back, I kind of liked that. But I just thought this was a really great episode. Yeah. yeah. It was a good one, for sure. Yeah, well, I um, I really like this episode, obviously. I love that um, it introduced me to God Help the Girl and kind of set things in motion yeah. for me and Caroline and all that. Um, and just as a last little fun fact, uh, this episode received a very positive critical response and, uh, the performance of Ian DeCastiker as Fitz was praised. Uh, people said that he did a really great job 
And the rom-com morning routine montage featuring Simmons was also something that people highlighted a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our episode on season two, episode three, Making Friends and Influencing People. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod, and on Instagram at Agents of Nothing Podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and subscribe to us for $2.99 a month for special bonus content. And you can email us at Agents of Nothing Podcast at gmail.com and we may just read it on the show. If you want to find me, Mariah, I'm on Twitter at FullSwampWitch underscore, on TikTok at Submarine Warfare, and on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can follow me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, or on TikTok at CrazyGender995. Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 4, Face My Enemy, so stay tuned for that. Okay, bye! Bye, love you!